0: Inspire your brother by dying in a fiery car crash. It's time for Pod Q Sack. QSack,
1: baby. It's, Pod Cusack. Cusack. it's, hot, it's
0: hot, Cusack, baby. Hey everybody, welcome to Pod QSack. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is me, your host, Matt Strickland, the world's foremost fan. I guess of John Cusack today we have a very special episode because it's probably the Cusack movie where Cusack is in it the least with me I have two amazing guests comedian hoop expert all-around King Maggie widows how are you
2: I'm so good
0: thank you so much for being on the show
2: Thank you for having me, Matt. Um, for the listeners, you can't see, but on Zoom, I'm doing reactions of the party balloon going off right now.
0: I didn't even know you could do that. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. That that Just buckle up. That's what this is going to be like. I'm going <laughs> to teach you some stuff.
0: Shit, well, I'll have to release the video for this then. <laughs> With me also, comedian, avid reader, all around King, Juliet Prather. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for being here. Oh, ooh! I just had to look up from my book. I was busy reading.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, literature on our king John Cusack, Absolutely. guys. Let's just get right into it. Uh, what is your personal relationships to John Cusack? Are you fans? Are you super fans? Are you super duper fans? Would you give your life for him? What's how do you? Yeah, Maggie. National.
2: Let's I I believe he's a national treasure. I stan i love i really believe he's one of the good ones you know
0: so have you been from like the get-go from like say anything days have you been your whole life a fan
2: yeah i'm a i also like i'm just a fan of the cusack family always have been Joni was like huge for me i love their support of each other i I have brothers, so I was always like, "Oh, this is like I, he had this like brotherly vibe mm-hmm. to him that I really liked." Um, yeah, I've always loved him.
0: You wished your relationship with your brothers was like John and John. Hundred
2: percent, hundred percent. Sort mm-hmm. of like what we'll get into of how good of a brother he is in mm-hmm. this movie too. Mm-hmm. He's just a good brother,
1: and I, I love that.
0: Juliet, what was are you? Have you been a fan, or are you are you? What's your deal? <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not really on that level, unfortunately. I don't have any negative feelings towards him, but I definitely, like my intro to him was School of Rock via Joan. Right. You know, like I was like, yeah, he seems cool. And I've seen like High Fidelity and, you know, oh, I've seen Love and Mercy, which I saw, you know, two days in a row when it came out, I was a big fan. Wow. Still, but I haven't like, he's a Bernie Sanders stan, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Yeah, he's a big Bernie guy.
1: Yeah, he seems pretty cool to me.
0: I feel like I the more I learn about him, I really like his off-screen persona and antics, but I have described him on this podcast before as America's most medium actor. You know, he's mm. he's not Denzel, he's but he's also he's he's good. He's he's solid and at, he's at but least he's solid not- in everything.
2: He's not cast in roles where he needs to be Denzel. He's so perfectly cast in yeah. that it's like when you need Cusack energy, mm-hmm. he can only, he can deliver.
1: Stand and deliver. Is,
0: yeah. is he a, a uh, object of your affection? Like, is he, is he hot to you guys? Cause there's been debate on this show.
1: Well, I'll say I was blown away with him in this movie. I was like shocked and appalled <laughs> at he was looking. I was like, "This isn't John who I know." I've always been like, "He's cool," like you know, like I guess I've always just had medium feelings. But this movie, I will say, I was like, "This might open up a little bit of a floodgate for me in terms of John Cusack, sort of getting into." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sexually and artistically.
0: Yeah, well, this is another first on this show where I don't think we've done a movie, any of his movies that predate Con Air, which was 1997. So he had, you know, he's had many different segments of his careers. And there was the whole 80s where he was say anything, better off dead, the sure thing. He was sort of a teen idol, teen heartthrob yeah. kind of guy. And this is the first uh, we're getting of that on this show so far. So it's it's interesting window into a different part of his career um mm-hmm. and we are talking about today stand by me rob mm-hmm. reiner's 1986 classic based on a stephen king movie sort of coming of age Dongs roman is that you're a reader is that what is that the? yeah right?
2: Juliet, you're a reader why don't you feel oh this one <laughs> i have get into that <laughs> you yeah. know um, I just want to say that I didn't get to answer. And my answer is, yes, uh, I liked uh, oh. I'm sexually attracted to John Cusack mm-hmm. because first movie yep. I saw him in was Serendipity. And he's obviously the love interest in that. And um, that I really liked. Like it was in the You've Got Mail era where like my objects of affection were like Tom Hanks and John Cusack, sort of similar sexual vibes, mm-hmm. I'd say. And so I was like, oh yeah, you're just supposed to be with a guy who like emanates medium sexuality.
0: Yeah, Uh and just like, decency, wholesome.
1: Yeah, that is sexy. Him and Tom Hanks, they're like the same, they're like so similar kind of like brunette, sort of like yeah. male-ish, but like Tom is like more like, like a little more like, you know? Yeah, and, you know, kind of gets to it, and then John is like, "Did you just scat? I scatted. Yeah, well, that was amazing. <laughs> that was incredible. I didn't know you were a scat artist. But yeah, it's a background before comedy and <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, we can release that as a single since we have it recorded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, him and Tom Hanks, I feel like that comparison's been made on the podcast too before. They have a very just like wholesome decency. Although um, I will say Cusack is definitely, I think, better looking.
1: And he's um, a little more bad boy. He has, he has, oh, the yeah. capacity to be a little more edgy. Oh, yeah. He will, he'll go doggy style first night. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, Tom Hanks is the dog, the, 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 the dog. Like, he, mm, Golden Retriever, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And yes. He's like,
1: retriever all-american
0: yeah cusack will choke you if you ask him to if I don't you th- ask i don't <laughs> think tom hanks would be comfortable with it
1: no certainly not first like you
2: have to be in a relationship for her to him to sort of feel comfortable exploring in that way mm-hmm. but once he
1: explores it's like let's do it game on exactly yeah once he ex- once he explores he's a maniac
0: <laughs> <laughs> well let's get into stand by me uh a little bit of stats up top the movie was a big hit. It was made for $8 million and grossed $52 million at the domestic box office. So huge hit in the 80s. And those are like, that's 1986 dollars. That's Reagan dollars. So Uh, today, who knows?
2: The good old days. You know, that could be
0: billions now. Um, So it was a really big hit, which is surprising for a movie about kids with no stars. I mean, I guess Cusack was the most recognizable face at the time after because he had only done better off dead and the sure thing as his starring roles but before before that he had like popped up in 16 candles a couple other things but he was the most well known because none of the kids you know river phoenix wasn't you know known at all and Kiefer sutherland wasn't really known so Ah. it was weird that the you know i guess the main draw at the time would have been stephen king but even that this is not a horror, you know, it's not a horror Stephen King story. It's it's one of his uh human stories. It's cr- it's just wild that it made that much money.
2: I feel like boomers saw themselves in it. Hard. Sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. That makes sense.
2: And like we're like, "Oh, this is the first movie that especially boomer men were just like, oh, this is my
1: movie. This is for me." And it's like the- happy yeah. days directing. So it's sort of a beautiful mm,
0: Right. A confluence of all the boomer mm-hmm. nostalgia. Also,
1: Rob Reiner, though that's yeah. Rob Reiner. Oh yeah. wait, it
0: was all, uh, not Happy Days. It was All in the Family. The dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I always get Rob Reiner and uh, the other from Happy Days mixed up with the red hair.
0: Oh yeah, uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard.
1: Yeah. Howard. So my bad.
0: Mm-hmm. But Forgiven. it was. It's still, you know, they're still all part of the same, you know, fifties nostalgia. Yeah. Universe. The fifties yeah. CU. <laughs> um, it got great reviews. It was 90, 91% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And the last thing I just want to say before we get into the plot is the Cusack number on this podcast. We always talk about the Cusack number. That's how many Cusacks are in a particular movie. Cause of course we know he works with his sister, Joan a lot, but then mm-hmm. there's also Anne, there's Dick, there's Susie, there's Bill, there's a bunch of Cusacks. Yes,
1: there that, is. They're it's like the, the
0: Romanoffs of, of course, Hollywood.
1: Hopefully it doesn't end like the Romanovs.
0: Well, only time will tell. Um, For you listeners, we are recording this during the attempted coup in D.C. So (laughs) if we're a little out of it, uh, it's because not only is the coup happening, but also this is during a Knicks game. So I think we're all on the corner of our eye checking the TV. We're all feeling
2: that. We're all really feeling that. Yeah.
0: We apologize if we're a little frazzled. But anyway, yeah. the Cusack number of this movie is one. There's only John in this movie. No other Cusacks. Okay. But important to specify. Overall, what do you guys... Did you guys like this movie? Did you did you connect with it? Or were you removed and just like, oh, that's a good movie? Because personally, I, grow, I didn't really grow up with this movie too much. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I didn't grow up with it. Always knew about it. Watching it, I, it's like... I was removed, but also I just, like, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. There are just these, like, two-shot scenes that are so stunning emotionally and performance-wise and and visually that I do think, I, I just, yeah, I loved it um, so much. Yeah.
1: I also, I was, like, surprised at how much I really liked it because when i did watch it like in middle school i was like so bored so like this is like not for me and i definitely was like open to boy movies at that age or whatever you know like i just was like i don't care about this and then watching it now i was like oh this is for grown-ups like this is like yeah. it sort of hits some sort of nostalgia even though it's not my nostalgia you know like i was like i'm loving it him and river i was like river phoenix i was like Corey Feldman, man. Mm-hmm. It was the, young Harrison.
0: The casting of the kids is phenomenal. All four of them are great. The teenage it's kids are stunning. great.
2: The direct and, and I obviously that's them, but also that is a good director that's able to achieve that level of consistent performance in four young boys. Yeah. who like haven't really done anything
0: this is Rob Reiner's third movie after directing Spinal Tap which is my favorite comedy of all time I love it so much and then he did mm-hmm. The Sure Thing which we will get to on this podcast eventually starring John Cusack and then he just rips off Stand By Me Princess Bride when Harry Met Sally Misery A Few Good Men and The American President I mean that's it's out, like of it's out of control it's insane.
2: oh my god I wish The American President were a Cusack movie so we could talk about it.
0: Once we get after, go through his, we're going to go through Jones and then it's just open season on Amazing. whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I grew up seeing the children of this movie. Like it reminded me a lot of The Sandlot, which was definitely my more my movie yeah. growing up.
2: I, I wrote down in my notes, there's literally. An exact same scene of the dog chasing
0: yeah oh yeah,
2: over was, the fence I was like and then and then the tree house mm-hmm. which that tree house was choice
1: that what? was
2: out of control cool
0: yeah for all these but, kids who have like very bad relationships with their fathers one of those dads built a dope ass tree house yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, he screamed at his son to help him with it the entire time, but it
1: turned out good.
0: Actually, you know who probably built it was John Cusack.
1: Oh, my God. He was like the real father figure. Mm -hmm. Stop. Mm -hmm. It's too much.
0: Let's get into the movie. Opens with beautiful scenery of Oregon, I think they mention it is, and then we get Richard Dreyfuss sort of gazing out the window, and then he, he looks down at his his newspaper and he see someone he knows has been stabbed and has died and so and he you can it it's it's weighing on him you can see yeah. and then the orchestral version of the song stand by me comes in and that cues his
2: i have i have full body chills just <laughs> FYI
0: it's a really good opening it's really i great. literally
2: under my loves the first thing i wrote is opening shot yeah it's it's stunning. It's you're inside his car, and mm-hmm. you're just with him. And there's this point where boys dr- ride by on bikes behind mm-hmm. him, and I was like, "This is beautiful." So already, it's so intimate. You're already in within the emotions of the movie, um,
1: like right off the bat. It was so good. I will say though, whenever the orchestral standby Me" started playing lightly, I was like, "We gotta not right now." Like, <laughs> Yeah,
0: It worked on me in the beginning because I didn't even realize because it's very slow I didn't even realize it was the song until Mary sort of walked through the room and was just like oh that's Stand By Me and I was just like oh my god it is
1: Yeah. It made me think of in high school I played Stand By Me for a piano concert and was like <laughs> going- Piano? Yep piano
0: On the high school piano is, team? Uh,
1: hearing
2: Hearing Stand By Me Only on Piano is incredible
1: and insane. Like not even really any (laughs) 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 memory was coming up for me as well, feeling like this is ridiculous. (laughs) Triggering,
2: yeah.
0: Well, I feel like this whole movie is like triggering emotions for me in different ways. Especially the next scene is we meet all the kids and it was such a just a brutally honest portrayal of like adolescent friendships and the movie takes place I think in the late 50s or early 60s and yet that's exactly how I feel like all adolescent kids treat each other and like hang out and the, the social dynamics are all have are just unchanged and will be unchanged forever.
2: At, when Fern is climbing up and you just hear them all they're like oh Fern it's like you so quickly, it's like, oh, this one's that, this mm-hmm. one's that, this one's that. You know, Chris, he's got the cigarette in his mouth looking way too self... Um, po- he's so self-possessed as a young child, it's wild. Yeah.
0: A lot of kids smoking cigarettes in this movie, which I think there's just not enough of these days.
1: No, we have to bring that back. As We have
2: to bring it back. I wrote down a line that River Phoenix says that is that's when a cigarette tastes best after <laughs> <Yeah>. supper. <laughs> and I thought I want that tattooed on my body. That <laughs> is the the absolute just awareness the the like only a storied person says something like that.
0: I love this the opening like the inciting incident is such a great most, it's the most perfect thing because the little, little Jerry O'Connell, little mm-hmm. chubby Jerry O'Connell, who's just as cute as a fucking button, climbs up into oh. the treehouse and then says, You guys want to see a dead body?
1: And- After they've been teasing him, like he's like, he takes the roast and then he's like, You guys want to see a dead body? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you
2: won't roast me now, fuckers. <laughs> I guess he has access
1: because <laughs> he's under there with the pennies.
2: Oh yeah, he's oh, he's, he, to, he's digging up the holes.
0: He's digging <laughs> holes under his house, like he's fucking John Wayne Gacy, yeah. trying to <laughs> trying to find pennies his mom threw out. I think is the.
1: Yeah, we never really understand where the pennies come from. He put them under his house as like buried treasure. Right, right, right. Mom couldn't find them or something, and then he couldn't figure out where right, he.
2: Right, his mom threw out the map. So cute. Well, it's so cute, and then it gets like Kiefer Sutherland talking to his friends is like, "Whoa, that's this is, this is scary." Like yeah,
0: Kiefer Sutherland is f- phenomenal in this movie. So yeah. well cast. So fucking scary.
2: Yeah, so scary. And the way that like his whole gang is all older brothers.
0: Oh yeah, yes. it's an entire gang
1: oh, of older it's brothers. Like the one good one died. Yes, right. the big brothers.
0: Yeah, and it, it's great because it's it's that thing when you're a kid is just like all the adults are against you. All everyone older than you know, two years older than you is against you, and it's just like mm-hmm. all you have is you and your friend, you and your friends, and it's 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 great. So I also love that one of the things. He's like let's go see this dead body and then everyone's first response is we'll get our picture in the paper. I, know. <laughs> I was just like damn everyone for since the beginning of time is just trying to go viral.
1: Yeah. Yes, well the <laughs> gang like the older brothers like have the same reaction they're like this is going to get us the paper picture we're gonna get. Well, cause because then they're gonna get the chicks. Yeah. If their' are if they're pictures in the paper, they're gonna get the chicks. It's like, nobody's nobody is worried. My mind was like, you don't, you stay as far away from that as possible. You will get blamed for this. Like you- hundred percent. Like- A hundred percent. They're like, no, if we give this, if we show up with a dead body, like on a stretcher.
0: <laughs> Look
2: what I mean, we the, found.
1: The, the, it's
2: insane. The, the premise of the movie is unhinged like (laughs) the idea that this is a good idea and that two separate groups have thought of this exact same thing and want are this is what their want and motivation is is so funny because it just is not realistic to me but it because it's so the characters are so good and the relationships are so good it's like I don't care yeah they want a picture with the dead kid
1: it's also i mean pretty beautiful or like interesting and that it's like all of their especially our main character whatever his name is Uh, the journey is beginning uh, you know it's like they're all they have these these tragedies that yeah they're in there like going towards it to accept it it's like this beautiful you know it's a little on the nose but i love it on the nose for me you guys don't know. I mean, like... <laughs> no, it's beautiful. No, I and
0: I love that part of it because I feel like that's what gives the part of the movie like the really sort of darkness in it because it is about kids learning about death. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the whole thing. Is we will and
2: it's not just this like distance thing of this kid. It's like no, they intimately know it. One of their big brothers died. Yeah, like what it's it, there's like the way they are like seemingly treating this kid as objective, like have no feelings about the fact that he's dead while meanwhile, like actually grieving. Um, Oh, it's really beautiful.
1: Even with the main character, his brother died, like his family, like he's not unpacking that. Like I don't think any of them really have grasped like what is this, what is death like in a, what does it look like for everyone to, to, know that this is happening and like we're all accepting this it's like start. Mm -hmm. it's all like this mimicking like and whenever they're talking about the little kid who died he's like the narrator is like he went out to go buy some blueberries and never came back and i was like oh my god like he's like it's this like fucking like it's the same as like a cigarette never tastes better than after dinner (laughs) yeah (laughs) mimicking adulthood and this like Yep, you know, kids drop dead. That's life. Da-da-da. I remember one of the
2: lines that stuck out. I, I'm just remembering it now. When you're kind of getting introduced to all the characters, and Will Wheaton is finally talking about like who he is, and he and he says, "Over the summer, I became the forgotten child," or something like that. And it goes to the window, and his parents are outside, and he asks them, "Like, do you know where this is?" And like, no one answers, or something like that. And his and then he says as an overture, uh, like as the writer, he says, um, my brother, my parents lost their son, my brother like two months ago and they've never come back. And it's like, yeah, dude, that was two months ago. But like, this is a world where like repression and just pulling it yourself up by your bootstraps is like what you do. And
1: it's like, yeah, I'd still be in bed. Um, you know what I mean? And also in the span of a kid, two months, four months, however long. It's been. Yeah. That's, like, a whole life. Like, he hasn't... Because mortality, like, what is... Yeah, what's time, what's life? Exactly. It's like, yeah, we're just moving past it. Time goes on. Like, we're all, you know, and then it's like... Yeah. yeah. This is. The end of childhood is coming via junior high coming. And, like, it's just Yeah.
0: I love the, the different reactions, too, of the family. Because Will Wheaton clearly is very not dealing with it at all sort of ignoring it the mom is like catatonic and the the dad has the very classic movie dad thing of the wrong kid died like from walk hard it's very much like why couldn't it have been you dad it's just like why couldn't you have friends like your brother
1: oh my god with that being the first line that the dad gives to him being or i guess it's not the first line but like when he hits him with that i was like i looked at greg What the fuck is this it, I, in a weird a- way?
0: I get it because, like, I love my cats both equally, but if the one I sort of liked more died, I think I would start to resent the other one.
2: <laughs> the scene at the dinner table where they're, um, where the mom's like, Tell us about your story, tell us about your story, or something like that. And of course, Cusack is like, I love the story, keep writing, like, yeah, whatever. And it's like these are kids who are doing like he he's do he's at like this fairy godfather figure of telling him encouraging him with like the good stuff
0: and Cusack is perfect in this role because he all of the decency and wholesomeness that we were talking about he had that at 20.
2: I love my brothers I have good relationships with them but they have been strained and fucked up and all that stuff and I was watching I was like This is how you should raise children. This is what healthy relationships look like, where you want the best for one another, where you're like, this older brother is willing to give himself to his younger brother because he's like so sure of himself.
0: It's like manic pixie dream, brother.
2: Yes, 100%. That, and I'm okay with that
1: <laughs> my relationship with my sister she's 10 years older than me and so she it was very much this like she I, I I totally she could do no wrong total angel and she was like because she was older than me she like loved me so much I mean like not that other so you know what I mean but like she thought of me as this oh nice like, I thought of her as an angel you know it was very much but like that being said like in reality like we fought and like you know like i was a brat to her and she put me in time out and all this stuff is but it's like you know this is a movie of like he's looking back on his brother who's yeah of course it's gonna be like here's when he gave him his cap and here's when he encouraged his writing and here you know in reality he probably was like he was probably flawed mm-hmm. as
2: well um juliette i don't agree <laughs> he was perfect and you can fucking shove it you can suck my fat
1: one is that I'm what he trying said? To say? like don't compare your relationship with your brothers to John in this movie. Well, I am, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, your brothers are just as good and you don't need to love them less just because of John Keys. If they
1: died in a fiery car crash, you would also think of them this way. You know what I'd I'd piss on their graves and I'd say, <laughs> Guys,
2: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This stays between us.
1: Another line
0: that I really like in in that same scene where he's like encouraging the writing is the dad who's just like, Dorothy, don't talk to the boy about girls. (laughs) He needs to concentrate on high school football.
1: I know. Like, that- and he- see
0: what
2: happens when see what happens when you bring up girls. He's thinking about stories
1: during that scene. I was like, let's be honest. There is no way in hell John Cusack is about to be the best football player in the United States of America. Yeah, he's like ninety-two
0: pounds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he walks and looks like he bumped his knees into yep. a lot of furniture. Mm. <laughs> you know, like he's clumsy.
1: Yeah. yeah i'm like i think it's okay if he starts getting his mind off of football it, he might it might be okay if he has a backup plan mm-hmm.
0: so the kids are walking down this train track that it's like a two-day trip they all lie to their parents they're like i'm first of all have you guys ever done this the thing that is always happening in movies where it's like you tell you your mom that you're at my house and i'll tell my mom that i'm at your house and meanwhile we'll be in the fucking woods
1: yeah we would- like, it was always stupid to be like, let's say you're at my house, but really, we're at your house. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like quite getting it. Yeah.
0: And like, your mom is I... just upstairs being like, well, I don't know what they're downstairs. I know <laughs> where they are.
1: Like, she's offering
2: you snacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, yes. The one time I did it, we got caught. Uh, A bunch of us were staying at my friend's house. Her friends had like rented a house for a week at the beach. And we all went and stayed with her and her mom drove us into town. We were going to go see, quotes go see a movie is what we told her. And we all got out of the car. We walked up to the movie theater and then kept walking, basically. And uh, it's because we had met these two boys oh, on the street earlier. Shit. One had one had been playing acoustic guitar, and so we got a we got a talking. Was he uh, playing they, an
0: acoustic cover of a hip hop song?
2: Oh, I wish I would have lost it. Um, but I do think he was playing either Guster or Oasis. Oh sure. Um, and we went to this house. This is like six girls, two guys, and there was a lot of kissing
0: Hell yeah. um,
2: and some beers. and We're like, sick. We just pulled this off. This rocks. Yeah. Uh, like the guy who knows how to play Wonderwall is kissing me. Um, Brooke's mom is never going to know. And we go back. <laughs> we walk to the car and her mom's like, So where'd you guys go? She'd seen us completely walk away and get into this guy's car and had just, I was just like these fucking idiots.
0: Wait, how old
2: were you? 16, 17.
0: And that mom watched you get into a strange car and didn't follow you guys?
2: It was two other 16 year old boys. 30. (laughs) And then I I was like the one of the friends. I was the Vern, the Fern, Vern. Mm I was like in the back sobbing and I was like, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Hartley.
0: Most comedians were the Vern.
1: I was sort of like, there was one part when they're walking, this is later on, sorry, but like they're walking and he's like, it's when River Phoenix, like when Chris is like, I'm not going to be in class with you. Anymore. Uh. And he's like, you can, you can do it. And they, they're like, they're they're just like, they dismiss Teddy and Vern as like definitely 100% dumb, like not going to be yeah. in classes. And I was like, I definitely didn't think Vern was or Teddy were dumb. Like I was. No,
2: I saw Teddy as like, oh, you were raised by a mentally ill person and are mentally ill, and yeah. Vern, you have a like, you have some behavioral stuff going on, but like I thought they were both very emotionally sound and meant like, and I
1: intellectually. I think Vern could have been a narrator as well. I think he yeah, had the the internal dialogue totally to be the narrator.
0: I feel like this was very um, Goodwill hunting. Like mm-hmm. it was more the town keeping them all back. But then there's like the one kid who the rest of them are just like, you got, I mean, there's a scene where River Phoenix is literally yeah. doing the Goodwill hunting speech that Affleck gives Damon in this movie. He was just like, you got something, man, you got to follow it. The rest of us schmoes are going to be in this town yeah. forever. You got Filly. Yeah. Oh my God. And
2: he's like, well, maybe I
1: should be your dad. <laughs> yeah.
0: That scene is oh so God. good and River oh, Phoenix is like, so good.
1: I was like, this is this is they're in love with each other. Yes. Just, right? That's like are there were there undertone like is that like I was like, these guys, this is a great I think this that, is romantic, I think.
0: I think it bit. could have been, but I think it also could have just been like that love you share for like your platonic male oh, friend yeah. when you have it like. Matter for your friends when you have nothing else going on cuz you're 12 and you're not trying yeah. to be with girls yet you but yeah. like so your friends oh, one are one of like... my
2: favorite lines i wrote down the kind um we stayed up until we stayed up late tonight having the kind of talk you think is important before you discover girls i mean and that's great it was just so beautiful and i feel like what they relate on is i i didn't get romantic undertones but i did get like they're both not ready for what, be, be, you know, quote unquote, being into girls and like that next stage is like it's like they're both a little scared of it and they're holding emotionally holding hands.
1: Mm-hmm. And definitely your best friend at that age. The, the the bond is so sacred and so deep that it's I think myself got the romantic and the platonic mixed up. I'm doing for 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 listeners. I'm doing a DNA mm you know just, yeah the
2: helix she's doing a double helix with her hands
1: it was maybe that I was reading into it in that way of like well yeah you're a pervert I'm a pervert, you know and I was a perv <laughs> back then <too. laughs> and, and it, that's where the movie I think I mean their relationship was like I just it wrecked me these friendships whether it's romantic or not it like is so soul it's a soulmate Yeah.
2: Yeah, it is. And they see each other for who they are and who they want to be, not who the world is trying to make them or who, you know, other people are telling them they are, their parents are like, he sees that he's a writer and he's and he sees that he's not just some like bad boy who's throwing it all away. And they're together because they all have such big hearts. Mm Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I feel like that's why it's important that it's not romantic, actually, that's because yeah. because there's nothing else besides their like pure love for each other. There's no like sex clouding the issue. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, jealousies because they both like the same girl. Like, But the, it has to be that prepubescent love where it's just it mm-hmm. is just pure and there's no like yeah. ulterior motives or anything. It's just yeah. that thing, which this movie it's pure gets- safety. Can I also say just one other like moment in the movie that I loved that's sort of about this is how like Jerry O'Connell they're all going on this trip will bring uh, Will Wheaton's character who's Gordy Gordy's the character's name Gordy brings his little canteen they're all bringing different stuff and Jerry O'Connell brings a comb into the oh, woods God. so they can comb their hair and and at one point Gordy's just like but your hair's not even long enough to comb and he's just like yeah I brought it for you guys which is oh. so Number one, so sweet and perfect, but it's also exactly the, like, little kid brain of, like, what do I need out in the woods? It's just like, oh, yeah, like, they'll want to comb their hair. Like, I'll bring this. This is, like, an important thing for me to bring. Oh, and it was such he, a perfect.
2: He, he's like, I dropped the comb. Like, he's like, I'm not to to drop. Jump okay, off. I'm tearing up. Oh. It's so, I'm on my period, so forgive me. He's so clearly the hyper empath like he's a goo ball yeah getting a comb for everyone is for just the woods
0: too-, too it's like
1: for, for so they, they can
0: comb their hair in the woods oh for them in the picture in the paper is that what- he
1: can he grab the comb and they can so his friends can look spick and span
0: it's so <laughs> it's so, so tragic
1: picture with the dead body
0: yeah <laughs> so with uh, the, next to this rotting corpse they can look good
1: Oh, so let's really get beautiful. let's let's
0: let's go to the end because um, the movie is not normally I I go beat for beat for beat in the plot but this movie is not really a plot movie it's so much about just the relationship between these kids and you know and them you know growing up and this is sort of a loss of innocence moment for them and they they get they all converge at the dead body at the same time the our four heroes and also the older brother mean gang. This is the scene I remember most vividly from when I saw it when I was a kid. And I think one of the reasons I hadn't watched it a lot since is I thought this scene was so troubling. When Kiefer Sutherland pulls out the switchblade, it's oh my God. very, it's it's like a thriller. It's very scary.
2: All of these kids have brothers on that are a part of this other group except for Gordy, whose brother passed. Right. Like, like the idea of Keith or Su- Kiefer Sutherland about to, like, knife these kids' younger brothers. It was, like...
1: Yeah, River Phoenix's brother was, or, you know, Chris's big brother's, like, watching as... Yeah. And he's, like... And Teddy's. Yeah.
0: But that's another thing about what makes this scene in this movie so good, and what differentiates it to, like, the kids' movies of today, mainly, like, the Pixar movies and stuff, is... You, I would never believe in a movie like a Pixar movie that our main characters could come to harm in that way. But in this scene, yeah. I absolutely believed that Kiefer Sutherland could and would stab them, and it might happen in the movie because I didn't. I was sort of fuzzy on remembering all the details. Um, yeah. And- well,
1: let me tell you, I thought the entire movie I misremembered from watching in middle school. I thought Teddy got run over by the train,
2: and I was okay that is the part i liked least i hated that train chase because you're exactly right i was like oh yeah he's gonna die
1: like i just kept being like oh like well with every single with the two train chases or like you know almost whenever they didn't get hit i was like man so we're gonna get another one
0: I mean, the danger in this movie seems so palpable and so real, yeah. and you don't—you don't get that like safety of a lot of movies where it's like our heroes are our heroes are going to get through this because the safety
2: worry. that they provide is is their friend the only safe places within their friendships.
0: Yeah, yeah. and their friends are twelve; no. they can't protect
2: them. Yeah,
1: yeah, because they're going to middle school. It's also like—I mean—I don't know if this is too early for me to talk about it, but the entire you know, conflict within Chris Chambers, you know, and uh, Gordo's friendship, it's like, River Phoenix is like, I'm not gonna be able to do this like class struggle. Like I can't, I'm not gonna be allowed in these classes. Like da 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 da. And like, then at the end, like, they're like, okay, see you later. I'm never gonna see you again. I'm not gonna be in these classes with you. I don't care what you say, I'll never be able to do it. And then he's like, he went on to take the classes and we were friends for life until he was killed. i was like i love that it like did become this non-issue like it was yeah it's like the movie is very intertwined with like very real dangers and perceived perceived when you're a kid everything's huge yeah everything's huge when you're a kid right but then they'll mix it up some things Mm -hmm. aren't huge like going to see a dead body is no big deal but
2: but but that's the thing that actually like it's like the things you perceive as being really big aren't and the things you perceive as being nothing are actually very real and uh and big
1: yeah
0: so i mean that's sort of the end of the movie we get they get to this dead body it sort of has a profound effect on everyone and then will we gordo's character is like we shouldn't try to use this dead kid for fame and fortune and he's and then this is the moment where he's finally sort of reckoning reckoning with his brother's death and he's Mm -hmm. realizing that death is permanent death is forever death is this huge you know existential important thing and that sort of changes him. He stands up to Kiefer Sutherland and then they just do an anonymous phone call and Mm -hmm. forego the fame and fortune and girls and money that would come with getting their picture in the paper. Let's just do stray observations from the movie since we sort of got through it all. I will say that the soundtrack is great. They don't overdo the stand by me. It only pops up at the very beginning and very end. And then throughout the rest, it's just these like, you know, Dell Vikings, what's it called barbershop when
2: when lollipop starts playing
1: i lost my mind it was so so fun
2: i it like and then how they don't give it to you for very long they immediately cut out and it's this really intense conversation between river phoenix the one we were talking about one line i wrote down that river phoenix says during this conversation in his like Ben Affleck like no man, you, you're gonna get out of here. You hear this? Uh, uh, Chris go or Gordy is like, Bullshit, I don't I don't have anything. And Remember Phoenix goes, bullshit, bull true <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, bull true, man.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: that I is have, very I good. Have,
1: with the with the uh, little um, dog, I have in all caps. Man running, saying, "Stop teasing my dog!" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Guys, stop
2: it!" Yeah,
0: yeah. He's more mad about the teasing of the dog than he is about like potential trespassing and thievery.
1: Hundred percent. I cannot imagine. Sicking your dog on clearly a little boy running away. Out a of child's
0: his- balls.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I will say another thing about the movie is the fact that River Phoenix died so young, and then Ooh. his character in this movie is also dies young, and just sort of the, you know, the specter of death over the whole movie from Cusack yeah. to the boy to everything. It's just it, I feel like it adds such a painful. Nostalgia to rewatching the movie, especially because how good River Phoenix is. Yeah.
2: Um, amazing. It's everything people
1: say is true.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, he really was so young and so composed. Yeah. It's a bit of the um, depressive cinematic universe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, Sophie's Choice, the pianist, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Monsters Ball, the depression yeah. cinematic universe. Uh, um, well, let's get into the categories. Our first category is, of course, Q snack. Yeah. We have sort of already covered this, but what do you guys think, John Cusack in this movie? Is he a snack? I'm
2: I'm starving, and he is filling me up.
1: Yep, <laughs> yep. B- b- give me a Give me a break now for pieces of that Cusack.
0: Cusack yep. bar. Yep,
1: yep. So, something to think about. Something to think about if you wanna. Our next. <laughs>
0: Our next category is, uh, do we think this is one of the 10 movies he's proud of? So he has had numerous quotes in The Guardian, amongst other publications, where he says he's only proud of about 10 movies he's been in. And so at the beginning of the the podcast, we were like, there's 10 slots, and we're slowly trying to fill them with movies. So far, out of all the movies we've done, we we think only one of those slots has been filled with being John Malkovich, but you say this goes in there.
1: Absolutely. Especially keeping with his, like, him being a nice guy or something like—I bet he's like, yeah. The movie I was like hardly in. I'm like really proud. Yeah,
0: I feel like that's the reason it might not be mm-hmm. in the in there, just because he might not think of it as like one of one of my movies. One of, like because he is a, he's a star, so he's you right. know if he's not the main character of a movie, he just might not consider it that way. But I think I'm sure he must be proud of it because it's a it's a fucking phenomenal movie.
2: I think I think so, and I think because he works with he. Had, had worked or, or with Rob Ryan. Like, I yeah. feel like it's, he's, it's one of the ones he's proud of.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think we are just going to slot it in to slot number two. Slot
2: it. I want to slot it. Sl- yeah. It's slitten. It
0: Our next segment is who is he dating and how did it influence his performance? So okay. John Cusack, lifelong bachelor, has dated serial dater. Yeah. and But he's never, he's never been nailed down. Okay. So,
1: Maggie would
0: like to nail him down. Yeah, I'll <laughs> would say. we all?
1: Oh. Yeah. Uh,
0: so in this movie, he had, he's single. He had just gotten out of a relationship with Jamie Gertz, one of his co-stars. Just another co-stars. on-set love. She's the girl from The Lost Boys, and she's Bill Paxton's sort of wet blanket girlfriend wife in the movie Twister.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yes, I love her in Twister. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. She's She's yeah, she's a wonderful unethical therapist taking
0: her
1: therapy calls on the road. Yeah.
0: So how do you think getting out of a relationship with her influenced you know, he's only in two scenes, but how do you think do you think it he brought any of that to the screen?
2: He was free and easy.
0: Mm.
2: He brought a real life's yours for the taken man energy
1: and he had just gone through a breakup so i think he understood loss as well he knew that things are fleeting love love
2: (laughs) exactly (laughs) completely agree he just had his heart just absolutely crushed
1: and shattered in a million pieces Mm. so he understood pain Mm. he knew pain and and that's the truth yeah
0: our next segment is coffee tea me Named in honor of the woman who spoke those famous lines in the movie Working Girl, Joan Cusack.
1: Yeah, baby.
0: Joan Cusack, another national treasure, arguably the superior Cusack. If we were to cast her in this movie, where would you put her?
1: I think she could have pulled off a bit of a Teddy role. I think yeah. she haywire on She her. would have crushed Teddy. She's like
2: done <sighs> mm-hmm. yeah. it. My dad would start the beach of Normandy.
0: (laughs) What do you think of Joan playing John? What if it's not an older brother died in the car wreck? What if it's an older sister? And she was like captain of the dance team or something.
2: I would have loved it. I would have loved it. I would have said, let me see these dances. I need to see more. Yeah.
0: Because she does have a lot of the same like warmth.
2: Totally. same. There's a lot of like carefree... Yeah. to her energy too. I think
0: if Martin Scorsese can make Robert De Niro look twenty in The Irishman, surely he can go back and put Joan Cusack in Stand By Me.
2: Absolutely, and re-release it as if it's the same movie.
1: He should do an. She should do an entire catalog of of John, like do all of his movies over again. I- oh my god. That I love that idea.
0: They would all be huge hits. Huge it would, hits. It would work. People love Joan Cusack. The, wow. That's the main takeaway I've gotten from doing this John Cusack podcast, is that people <laughs> love Joan Cusack.
2: She's everyone's favorite.
0: Um, our next yeah. segment is everyone's favorite. Everyone considers this the most confusing segment. It's Swan Cusack. Now... We here at Pod Cusack Nation treat every John Cusack movie like it is a Black Swan event. A Black Swan event is something that is unforeseeable, unknowable, but after it happens, it changes Ah. the course of human history, like a 9-11. Every John Cusack movie is a 9-11 to us. In what way do you think Stand By Me was a Black Swan event?
1: I think it led to the coup, the coup we're currently experiencing. Oh my god, Absolutely. that's what I wrote
0: down too. <laughs> Not even kidding. Okay, so
1: no, I just had it was the only thing I could think of right now. We
0: today. we all know that Ted Cruz is a huge fan of movies. He's quoted The American President. He's quoted The what? Princess Bride. These this yes, yeah. He when oh, when Don, um, when Donald Trump made fun of his wife, he quoted The American President president to him. He's also quoted The Princess Bride a number of times. Both of those movies, back back. Rob Reiner movies. movies.
1: He, he loves of them. Our movies. He loves Stand By Me. I have to remember that. that he, he, might
0: love he loves Rob Reiner 80s movies.
1: I believe it.
0: So it makes sense that he would have seen Stand By Me. He would yeah. have, he's four years younger than John Cusack. So he would have not only sort of identified with him, but still looked up to him. Yep. And John Cusack's whole thing is like, follow your dreams, do the thing that you think you should do. Yeah. So it makes and, sense that- and
1: in the movie, the thing you do is- you Coup. Coup, yeah. And yeah. you threaten with it.
0: Yeah. It makes sense that Ted Cruz would take away, I should do a coup on these United States.
2: Yeah, that's what his, I, I see that fully. As long as he
1: doesn't end up writing a novel. Yeah.
0: But he almost certainly will. Let's move to our last segment. This is a segment called One Thing You Like, One Thing You Hate, One Thing You Think Is Weird. Maggie, what's one thing you like about this movie?
2: Oh, I like... You know, we we talked a lot about the emotions and all those things. I'm going to say one thing I love is the just cinematography. Oh, beautiful. I think it's aesthetically so beautifully done and just every train shot looks like I want it to be a photograph in my home. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one thing I liked.
0: That's I mean, couldn't agree more. Juliet. what's one thing you like?
1: I, okay. Yeah. So now we talked about cinematography. We've talked about the emotional relationships, which I liked. I liked, I will, I mean, we've already said we liked Vern, but I really, uh, and I loved his insults and like they mm-hmm. were just. I loved his sincerely catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah, I love that. I yeah, I'll say I like that. That's I love. Great choice. A great. I agree. Great
0: choice. I fully agree. One thing I liked, I think, is the fact that Kiefer. They let Kiefer Sutherland just be fully menacing with and fully. um unapologetically menacing. Like they didn't yeah. need to give him some sort of a sympathizing backstory to be like, oh, well, this is why the bully is how he yeah, is. Yeah, his dad
2: like
1: whatever. Yeah, he's just yeah.
0: pure evil, which yeah. I really liked.
1: You know what I'll say I liked, what I loved the most mm-hmm. was the last line. When he goes, I never had friends like that, like I did when I was 12. Oh. Jesus, Is anybody? Does anybody any? I was, oh yeah
0: I mean that's a gut punch that's that's really full
2: body chills right now I have full body chills
0: another thing I liked before we go to hate I really liked the narration sometimes narration can be too much or it can be really cheesy it was just the right amount of like through strung throughout and it never I don't think it really crossed too many lines of of bad fully agree
2: fully agree and at the risk of being finding too much symbolism the narration felt like the train track. It was like, it was just keeping us, we would come back and visit it, but it was not present always. It was like we were going off into these little worlds and whatever, and it was just like small moments of, okay, we're like leading it this way.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, I really loved it. Mm
0: -hmm. Juliet, what is one thing you hated about this movie?
1: I will say, you know, I didn't love all of the slurs that we had in there. You know, there was a lot of fat shaming, a lot of the R word, the F word, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and I know that that's, you know, those are boys in the 50s and it was in the 80s when it was made and stuff. But I was like, wish this wasn't him. I, I'm feeling a little bit frustrated here. And I didn't, I hate it, I was like, I hate that guys like Ted Cruz could possibly grab onto this movie and identify too much with it mm-hmm. and, and it be used for evil. I like, couldn't get that out of my head a little bit sometimes. Yeah, and I, okay, I'm gonna be a bitch. I thought the writer, the narrator was a bad writer. I thought it was bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, you know what I'm realizing? I didn't think of the narration as being a book. I thought it, of it more as him just talking
0: um, well, Maggie, what's one thing you think is weird about this movie?
2: Um, well, the thing I hate, it was the train okay. chase thing. I oh, hated that.
0: Because too intense?
2: Yeah. I it, it really... I did not like worrying so much about Vern. Vern. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Something I thought was weird was... Um, how little the older brothers do when Kiefer Sutherland is literally being like Voldemort, the scariest motherfucker in the world to these kids. And they're just like, oh, damn, my younger brother's here. My younger
0: brother's about (laughs) to get murdered by my friend.
2: He's about to get, he's about to get knifed. Oh shit, wish I could do something. Oh, mom's gonna be so pissed. (laughs) Um, I thought that was weird but peer pressure i
1: guess i thought it was weird that we never got to see or i thought it was weird that uh Gordy didn't use the gun to get his brother's hat back
0: i was oh, like oh yeah the hat
1: on um, that was so weird to me i was like and that he took it that he didn't give the hat that back that was pure evil
2: that was pure evil i was that, like that i i started crying at that part but I think it's because Gordy had to grow the balls by the end of a movie. He could use the gun, but he couldn't at the beginning.
0: Why does John Cusack a fan of the Yankees? This is Oregon.
2: Right. That is true. That's kind of a good. Because at that time there was only one team. <laughs> America's team was the Yankees. All right. <laughs> they, let's not fuck around here. They had babe. Right. They had Jackie. There were two teams. There was. The Dodgers, <laughs> and they were in Brooklyn at this time. It was the Dodgers or the Yankees, right? Right.
0: Right. right. Yeah, there was no Portland.
2: <laughs> There's no Portland Trailblazers yeah. for baseball. Yeah. There still ain't.
0: Well, we have reached the end. Any final thoughts on this movie?
1: As an adult watching it, I was just like really was able to relish how cute all of these kids were. You know? All
0: four of them really good.
1: Oh.
2: Just like. I wanted all of them to be my nephews.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh
0: Specifically my nephews.
2: 100%, that's yeah. the relationship dynamic that I would like to have with each of those four young boys. That's as yeah.
0: much of a responsibility for their safety as yeah. I want to yeah. have.
2: Absolutely. I want to be able to appreciate them exactly for what and how an aunt gets to appreciate.
0: Maggie, where can we find you on the internet?
2: Twitter, Instagram, MWIDS, M-W-I-D-S, M-W-I-D-D-S on Twitter, I think. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm uh, I'm around.
0: Yeah. Just Google yeah. Maggie Widows.
2: Maggie Widows. ant. Ant. Ant material.
0: <laughs> that is a t-shirt.
2: Ant <laughs> material.
0: Yeah. I'll make that shirt. Sure. It'll be in the podcast cusack uh, merch store by the end of the
2: amazing amazing
0: Juliet, where can we find you on the internet
1: pretty much the same place um if you hop onto MWIDs, you'll probably find me (laughs) (laughs) me too honored (laughs) i'm Juliet c prather on the twits and on this on the gram i don't i think it's Juliet pray there. Yeah, there's a lot more whys. There's a lot of whys in it. that in there because people say my name wrong or whatever, like yeah. which, you know, I think at some point maybe I have to accept that my last name is really Prather or something, like, perhaps you know,
2: but... It can't be like Chrissy Teigen. You know we all say her name wrong. Teigen?
0: Is Teigen Her wrong? name
1: is Teigen.
0: And she just,
1: she just gave up. Uh, I guess do you want us to close by... All singing "Stand By Me."
0: Yeah, I think we should try to do that over Zoom so none of them really sync up. Yeah. All right. So,
2: darling,
0: darling. you It's like you sack, baby. It's part Cusack baby.